Good evening. Um, uh, what, what we'll be talking about is something that's, again, been on my heart for a long time. Uh, it's a book that I can't seem to get away from, and uh, something that um, just keep, keeps, keeps coming up. And it's uh, the book of Second Chronicles, um, chapter 34. Uh, if you guys remember, uh, it was last time I spoke, I spoke on uh, Hezekiah, and we looked at uh, Hezekiah and, and his... Um, leadership role and leading, leading the, uh, the children of Israel back to the Lord and how he did that. And um, just the, the thoughts that keep coming to my mind are leadership um, in revival. And w- what does revival look like? And what is it? And I, and I, uh, I keep being, uh, getting reminded of this each time I open the word. And so we'll be looking at uh, young King Josiah this evening. Second Chronicles, chapter 34, and we'll begin reading in verse 1. So Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned uh, 31 years in Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the eyes, in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the Lord God of his father, David, and in the twelfth year he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the wooden images, the carved images, and the molded images. They broke down the altars of the Baals in his presence, and the incense altars which were above them he cut down. And the wooden images, and the carved images, and the molded images he broke into pieces and made dust of them, and scattered it on the graves of those who, were, uh, who had sacrificed to them. He also burned the bones of the priests on their altars and, and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. Verse 6, And so he did in the city uh, of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, as far as Naphtali, and all around with axes. And when he had broken down the altars and the wooden images, had beaten the carved images into powder, and cut down all the incense altars throughout all the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. In the eighth year, Eighteenth year of his reign, when he had purged the land and the temple, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, Messiah, the governor of the city of Joah, and the son of Joahaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. When they came to Hilkiah, the high priest, they delivered the money that was brought into the house of God, which the Levites who kept the doors had gathered from the hand of Manasseh and Ephraim, and from all the remnant of Israel and from all of Judah and Benjamin, and which they had brought back to Jerusalem. Then they put it in the hand of the foreman, who had the oversight of the house of the Lord, and they gave it to the workmen who worked in the house of the Lord to repair and to restore the house. They gave it to the craftsmen and the builders to buy hewn stone and timber for, for beams and to floor the houses which uh, the kings of Judah had destroyed." And the men did the work faithfully. The overseers were Jahath and, Ob- uh, and Obadiah, the Levites of the son of Merari, and Zechariah and Meshulam of the son of the Kohathites to supervise. Others of the Levites, all of whom were skillful with instruments of music, were over the burden bearers and were overseers of all who did the work in, the, in the, any kind of service. And some of the Levites were scribes, officers, and gatekeepers. Now when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, 
Hilkiah the high priest found the book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. Then Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan. So Shaphan carried the book to the king, bringing the king word, saying, All that was committed to your servants they are all doing. And they have gathered the money that was found in the house of the Lord, and they have delivered it into the hand of the overseers and the workmen. Then Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the, high, the priest has given me a book, and Shaphan read it before the king. Thus it happened when the king heard the words of the law that he tore his clothes. Um, then the king commanded Hilkiah, uh, Ahikim, the son of Zaphon, Abdan, the son of Micah, Shaphan, the scribe, and Az Azaziah, a servant of the king, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me, and for those who are left in Israel and Judah, concerning the words of the book that was found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out on us, because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do according to all that is written in this book. So Hilkiah and those uh, the king had appointed went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tokhath, the son of Hasra, keeper of the wardrobe. She dwelt in Jerusalem in the second quarter, and they spoke to her to that effect. Then she answered them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring calamity on this place and on its inhabitants, all the curses that are written in the book, that which have uh, read, the, uh, read before the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me and burnt incense to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath will be poured out on this place and not be quenched. But as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, in this manner you shall speak to him. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, concerning the words which you have read, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and against its inhabitants. And you humbled yourself before me, and you tore your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you, says the Lord. Surely I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. And your eyes shall not see all the calamity which I will bring on this place and its inhabitants. So they brought back the word, of, uh, the word to the king. Then the king... Uh, sent and gathered all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. The king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the Levites and all the people, great and small. And he read in the hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the house of the Lord. Then the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord, to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes, with all his heart and with all his soul, to perform the words of the covenant that were written in this book. And he made all who were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin take a stand. So the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God and the God of their fathers. Thus Josiah removed all the abominations from all the country that belonged to the children of Israel and made all who were present in Israel diligently serve the Lord their God. And all his days, they did not depart from following the Lord God of their fathers. Let's just look to the Lord one more time. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you uh, once again for this time that we have to come and read your book openly. Father, we know that 
You are a giving God, and we are a needy people. Father, we pray, Lord, that you um, would guide us as we open your word tonight. Father, that you would speak to us. And Father, that uh, there would be clarity of thought and of speech. And Father, that uh, your spirit would be the one that does the teaching, Lord. Uh, we pray this in your son's worthy and precious name. Amen. So uh, going back, we have um, in the beginning of the cha chapter a, a very brief and quick timeline of Josiah. He is, he is the youngest king or one of the youngest kings to ever take the throne at the age of eight. Um, we don't have too many eight-year-olds here at Claremont, but if you can imagine um, a Carson or a Brody uh, being king of the United States, um, that's what we're looking at there. So a very young king. Um, at eight years old, he becomes king. At 16 years old, if you look in verse 3, in, 16, uh, in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek God. Um, he started his life out seeking the Lord at a very young age. Um, at verse tw uh, also in verse 3, at the age of 20, um, in the twelfth year of his reign, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of all idol worship. And he began to clean up his kingdom. Uh, jumping down to verse 8, uh, in, uh, the, at 26 years old, he repairs the temple, finds the book of the law, and restores worship and the Passover to uh, the children of Israel. All of this done seemingly at a very, very young age, 26 years old. And then in chapter uh, 35 and verse 23, we didn't get a chance to look at it, but uh, this is when, uh, verses 23 to 24, uh, King Josiah dies in battle at the age of 39. We know that uh, he, he only reigned, he died at 39 because in the first verse it says he reigns for 31 years in Jerusalem. So he dies at a very young age, 39 years old. Um, this is why it is important to live each day for the Lord. Uh, we don't know when the Lord will call us home. Uh, some, um, he gives a longer period of time to be here on earth, and some very short time. And it's important that we start out and, and, and live each day as if as it is, whatever, as if it is our last, sorry. Um, my thoughts went uh, immediately to um, the missionaries in Ecuador, uh, the, the four missionaries, uh, Jim Elliott, Ed McCauley, Nate Saint, and Roger Udarian. Um, Jim Elliott was only 29 years old when he died. Uh, that's only a couple years away from me. Um, uh, Ed McCauley, the same, 29. Nate Saint, 33. Uh, Roger, he was only 32. Um, and these guys, in their short life, did tremendous things for the Lord. Um, they saw a whole tribe, um, well, they didn't see it, but the, the whole tribe got uh, witnessed to and, and uh, ministered to because of that, that tragic event. Um, in Psalms 90 and verse 12, it reads, uh, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Um, we don't know how long we're going to be here. Uh, we don't know um, if there will be a tomorrow. So it's important to live each day as if, as if it's our last. Um, Josiah only lived to be 39. And um, a thought that Mike Atwood uh, brings up uh, very often, and he says, if, if you're not serious about God and your walk right now, when are you going to get serious? When is it going to be? Is it going to be tomorrow, the next day, when I graduate from college, when I get my, um, when I get engaged, um, when I, you know, when I, when I start my family? When am I going to get serious about the Lord? 
When am I going to get serious about the Lord? James 4, 14, it says, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time, and then it vanishes away. Um, we don't have a lot of opportunity to serve, and we need to take advantage of the time that the Lord gives us. Um, looking at verse 1, it says, Josiah, when he was eight, year, uh, when he was eight years old, uh, he became king, and he reigned 31, year, 31 years. Um, and in verse 2, it says, he did, not, uh, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, walked in the ways of his father David, and he did not turn to the right or to the left. Um, this, this, this phrase, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, this, this phrase is, is a, a theme throughout the book. Um, if you jump back to uh, chapter 33 and verse 2, um, we have his uh, grandfather, Manasseh, and it says, but he, being, speaking of Manasseh, did evil in the sight of the Lord. And if you, and if you jump down um, to uh, chapter 33 and verse 22, this is Ammon, Josiah's father, but he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And this, this phrase, in the sight of the Lord, repeats itself throughout the entire book. And it just brings to mind that everything we do is in the sight of the Lord, whether good or bad. Uh, it was last Sunday, I believe, the Sunday school uh, kids were singing, um, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Um, and we remember that from when we were younger, um, but the words are very true. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. There's a father up above, and he's looking down in love. He sees everything we do in the private of our homes, in, in the thoughts in our minds, and we need to be careful what we do because it's all in the sight of the Lord. Um, it says he walked in the ways of David, um, his father. Now we know that his father was Ammon, um, a very evil king, but he followed in his great-great-great-great-grandfather's footsteps. And, and the, the, um, the, the way David ruled is the way that Josiah chose to rule. If you, if you would turn with me to Psalms chapter 5, uh, the book of Psalms, and Psalm 5, this is a psalm... Um, written by David, and it's, it's interesting how much this parallels or, or how it, it shows um, Josiah's life. In uh, Psalm chapter 5 and verse or, uh, 1, it says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for to you will I pray. Um, just at the beginning of this psalm, even though David, being a king, recognizes who the true king was and who was in control. And he, uh, he prays to him, and we see this in Josiah's life as well. Verse 3 reads, the voice you shall, My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. Um, early in, Dave, in Josiah's life, he decided to follow the Lord. It was in the, it was in the morning, it was in the beginning, in the early stages of his life, he chose to follow the Lord. In uh, verse 4, it reads, For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor shall evil dwell um, with you. Uh, no doubt Josiah, even though at a young age, saw the wickedness of his father. Um, and he saw that the ways of his father and his grandfather didn't work. Um, and, and he noticed this. And in verse 5 and 6, it says, The boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate all the workers of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak Falsehood, the Lord abhors, uh, abhors the bloodthirsty uh, and deceitful man. 
um, again, he watched as his, his father and his grandfather and, and all the evil kings of Israel um, basically brought them, brought them down to the point where we will read later, to the point where there was pending judgment coming upon this, this land because of how they ruled and because of how they lived. Um, but verse 7 and verse 8 is, is, how, um, is what Josiah based his life on. It says, But as for me, I will come into your house in the multitude of your mercy. In fear of you, I will worship towards your holy temple. And we see later, and we'll look at it tonight, that um, Josiah was concerned about worship first before everything else. He, he was concerned about worship and God's temple and repairing it. And verse 8, and this is the key verse that I, that I was thinking of, Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before my face. And we see that Josiah did not turn to the right hand or to the left. Um, he followed the ways of the Lord, and, and they were straight. Um, and uh, so going back to chapter 34 and verse 3, we have, in, uh, it says, For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the Lord. Um, this, is, this is at the age of 16. He began to follow um, his, his, uh, his great-great-grandfather David. He began to seek the Lord. And many, many people believe this is at the point where he got saved. Um, he chose um, Yahweh as the true God, and he decided to um, forsake the, the gods of his fathers, uh, the Baals and the Asherahs, and he decided to seek after the Lord. Um, if there's anyone here tonight that is, that is seeking after something, that is seeking after the Lord, um, the Lord is seeking after you. Um, a, a verse that we, we, um, we had as a theme verse two years ago at boys camp was um, 2 Peter 3.9. Uh, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Um, he loves you and he wants you. Um, Romans 3.10 says, There is none righteous, no, not one. Uh, no doubt Josiah would have seen this. He would have seen that his fathers were wicked and that he too was wicked and that he needed um, to follow the true God. Um, Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's that gift that saves us from that death. It's that gift. Um, Romans 5.8, But God demonstrates his love towards us and that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, even though we are sinners, he came and he died. Um, Romans 10 and 9, we have a song that says it's a favorite verse of mine. But uh, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And it's faith and trust in that work that Jesus did on, on the cross that saves us. Um, and because of that, we have a, we have a blessed hope. And in, in um, Romans 8, verses 1, it says, there is, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And this is what characterized Josiah's life. He did not walk according to the flesh. He chose the God of his father David, to follow. And um, if there's anyone here that's not saved, that doesn't know for sure, um, please don't leave here tonight before you, before you uh, have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what that work he did for us on the cross. Um, as, we, as, we, as we said, he didn't walk according to the flesh. 
why was this possible? Or how was this possible that Josiah didn't walk according to the flesh? It's because he got rid of all the garbage. He got rid of it. He tore it down. Um, in verse 3, it says, uh, towards the end, it says, And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the wooden images and the carved images and the molded images. Um, if you remember back to Hezekiah, uh, these are places of worship, these high places that were set up throughout all the land of Israel, um, places where um, these other gods were worshipped, um, the gods of the Assyrians, um, the gods of the heavens, um, the Asheroths, the Baals. Um, these are the places where they were worshipped. And Josiah purposed in his heart, as we, as we read, to tear these things down. Okay, Josiah had the same heart that, that Daniel had to do the will of the Father. And, and he tore these, thing, these places down. Um, there, were, there were places of worship. We had high places and, and altars that were altars to Baal. And then we had things of worship, which were the wooden, carved, and molded images. And, and it really spoke to me as I read through these, through these two stories of Hezekiah and, and Josiah. Um, what are the high places in my life? What are the idols that are in my life? Or what is an idol, period? Um, an idol is anything that takes our time, money, affection, or desire. That's an idol. Anything that comes between us and God is an idol. Um, they, an idol can actually be a, a good thing. Not a good thing, but it, it, we can make idols out of good things. Um, a hobby is not necessarily a bad thing, but it can be if it, becomes, if it comes in between us and the Lord. A relationship is not a bad thing, but it can be if it comes between us and the Lord. Um, school and work. Um, we are told by God, and it's, it's, it's in the Bible, that we are supposed to work. But if that gets in the way of, of our love for the Lord, or if that is what's taking up all of our time, all of our affection, all of our thought, it's an idol, and it needs to be torn down. Um, if we spent the same time and energy we spent on studying for a test or at work, um, that we do with our relationship with the Lord, revival would take place. Um, if, it's a, if, it's a, if it's an SAT or if it's a final or if it's an exam, we'll stay up all night studying until the morning, until right before we have to leave and go, and go to work. If it's work and if it's, a, if it's a deadline that we have to make, we'll stay there all night until we make that deadline. If we had the same devotion and concern for the things of the Lord, th this is how revival starts. This is, this is, what, this is what Josiah did. He, he did not rest until every idol in the country was torn down. Um, anything that comes between us and God is an idol. Um, don't let the things of this world hinder you. Um, don't let them uh, take the place of God and, and of serving and worshiping him. Um, so what did Josiah do to these idols in, in his kingdom? If you look in verse 4, um, it says that he made dust of them. He did not just take them down, but he ground them to the point where they could never be used again. He completely destroyed them. Um, other kings, and, and we don't have, for the sake of time, we won't look at it, but other kings just took them down or just stopped worshiping there. And what happened? Well, when the next king came in, they, they, they took that worship back up again. But it's important for us to, to take these idols and destroy them, get rid of them, completely annihilate them. Um, he cleansed the uh, entire kingdom um, from the north to the south, from Dan to uh, Beersheba. 
Um, even though that Judah was separated from the north, it was a separate kingdom, he still went all the way up to Naphtali to, to get rid of these idols. He didn't want anything to, to come in and defile his kingdom. Um, he was zealous for the Lord and for the kingdom, and he sought to destroy all these idols. Um, and, and for me personally, um, as, as a, a leader of a household, it, it, it made me think of what are the idols that are in my house? What are the things in my little kingdom that need to be torn down so that others in my kingdom won't be, dis be distracted or destroyed? Um, can, can we keep ourselves completely from sinning? The answer is no. Um, we have in, in, in Romans chapter 7, um, we, we, see a, we see a struggle um, with the old nature, and we have this, this battle and this struggle. Um, but there's, 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 there's hope. In, in Romans 8, and we read it already, Romans 8 and verse 1, it says, there, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And one thing a, a, a preacher shared a long time ago and a thought that, that uh, he shared was we are feeding one of two people or one of two natures. Either we're feeding our old nature by the things we allow into our lives through music, through movies, through the Internet, through conversations we have at work. We allow these things to enter our lives. And when we do these things, we are feeding that old nature. Um, or when we're here and we're, or we're at home and we're reading the Word of God and we're prayer and we're in study, we're feeding the new nature. And, and it, just, it just reminded me of, you know, who am I feeding? And who am I feeding more? What, what nature am I feeding more? Um, I often thought about what my high place is personally and, uh, or what is my altar or place of worship. And it's what all my furniture is pointing at, the TV. Um, uh, the TV, or as some call it, the idiot box. And um, I want to be very clear. I have three TVs at my house. There's three. A um, couple upstairs and one downstairs. Um, and and when, when you're watching TV, what are you doing? You're spending time worshiping these people. Um, you're watching sports, worshiping these, um, these, these athletes. When you're watching actors on a TV show, you're, 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 you're devoting your time and your, and your thought to these things. When you're watching movies, you're doing the same thing, and you're idolizing the, their lifestyles. Scott DeGroff uh, brought up a point, and I don't, I don't remember if it was here or if it was at another conference that I heard him, but he said, if Christians didn't own TVs, could we get more done for the Lord? If we didn't own TVs. Uh, keep in mind, I have three. Okay, I do. I have three. But if I didn't own any TVs in my house, how much could I get done for the Lord? Um, would, would our walks be better off? There's no revival until these high places are purged from our lives. There would have been no revival in Josiah's time had these places not been taken down. Um, moving on in verse 8. Uh, Josiah is 26 years old at this point, and he repairs the house of the Lord. Um, he decides to send money to, to, to the workers and to, to repair this house. Um, after he had purged the land uh, and the temple, he sent Shaphan, uh, the son of Azaliah, um, and, he, and uh, it says, uh, to repair the house of the Lord his God. Uh, just like his grandfather um, Hezekiah in Second Chronicles 29, 
Um, Josiah spent time and money. Two of the most valuable things that we, or two of the, mo the things we, ho we hold in mo the most value is our time and our money. And Josiah spent his time and money repairing the house of the Lord. Um, uh, the temple today. What is, what is the house of the Lord today? Um, we know that we don't have a, a physical building that we come to. Um, but in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, it says, You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are the house of God. He dwells here. Where two or three are gathered together, he is here. He, the Holy Spirit is within each and every one of us. We are the temple of God, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. What do we spend our time and money on? Josiah spent his rebuilding the house. What, do we, what is our effort? Where, do, where, do our, where does our money go to? Where does our time go to? And it should be to the things of the Lord. Um, verses 10 through 13, um, the one thing that jumps out is that there were a lot of people doing the work. There were a lot of craftsmen, and there were a lot of builders and supervisors and helpers and overseers, and everybody was busy repairing the house. It wasn't just left to one person or two people or three people. Everybody rolled up their sleeves and helped. And in verse 12, it says, and the man did the work faithfully. And this is what the Lord calls us to, to be, to be faithful to the house of the Lord, to faithfully serve him, to, fa to, to uh, faithfully worship him. And, and this is what we see um, here. Um, church attendance is good. We should be at the meetings, okay? The Bible's clear on that. We should be here. Um, but that's not it. Just showing up to a meeting doesn't, doesn't mean anything. It doesn't do anything. Um, it's good. It's not bad. Um, you should be here. But what else are you doing? What are you doing for the Lord? We see here in, 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 uh, in Josiah's time that everybody was busy repairing the house. And what uh, my thought is always, is always, for me personally, is what am I doing to help the cause? What am I doing to help the Lord? And what can I do? And, and what am I prayerfully doing for the Lord? Um, um, to do the work and to do it faithfully is what we're called to do. Um, not just for a season, um, not just when it's convenient or when it fits into our schedules, but to be here and do it faithfully. Um, Josiah not only tore down the high places within the land of Israel, but he also gave them a place to worship. He repaired the house of worship and, and, and restored a neglected house. Um, verse uh, 14. Um, now, uh, when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord. Um, I don't know if this jumps out to any of you, but um, when you find something, it's, it's implied that you lost it. Um, if, you've, if, you, if you found your wallet or you found your purse, it's implied that you didn't know where it was. Um, they found the book, and look where they found it, in the house of the Lord. This is where they lost the book. Um, uh, the, the book that they found most likely was the, uh, the Pentateuch, or the first five books of the Bible. Um, it could have been only Deuteronomy. We don't, we don't really know. But it was the law of the Lord that was given to Moses. And um, a very interesting place that, that it was found. Uh, some believe that um, Manasseh, when he was in, in, in charge, tried to destroy all the books, and that this is the one that slipped through the cracks. And, and I don't know 
um, how much we can, we can count on that. But either way, the book was lost, and it was lost in the house of the Lord. Um, sometimes, oftentimes today, we lose the book as well. Um, we, we spend too much time or too much thought on uh, devotionals or, or helps or, or other books about the Bible, and we lose the Bible, and we forget that this is the inspired Word of God. Um, this is not to talk bad about any of those books. Um, Bill McDonald has been a tremendous help to my, to my walk, absolutely. But there was a time in my life where um, if I didn't know what a verse meant, I'd quickly flip to uh, the believer's commentary, and that's where I got the answer. Um, instead of prayerfully reading and, and, and trying to figure out what the Bible said, um, and, and biographies, all these things, they're good, and their Bible helps. But sometimes we lose the Bible. And, and I know in, in churches today, um, there are times when you don't even need to bring your Bible to church um, because we're going through some other book by, written by some other author. Um, and we need to be careful about this, um, the, we, we, not to lose the Bible. Um, the book was brought to Josiah. And uh, in verse 18, it says, um, Shaphan the, uh, the scribe, and, he, and it says, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book, and Shaphan read it before the king. Um, and interesting, uh, we see the reaction to what was read in verse 19. Thus it happened when the king heard the words of the law that he tore his clothes. Um, this, is, this is the reaction, and this is true repentance. There was, um, truth was given to um, Josiah, and he, he tore his clothes and wept before the Lord because he saw um, what he was doing was wrong, and the way that the, he was leading the people was wrong, um, even though he was doing good things before that. He was tearing down idols and, and, and doing good things, but he still wasn't following the Lord completely. And, and um, this, is, this should be our, our response or our reaction when we read the Bible and when we're convicted. Um, when we come before the Word of God honestly, um, this should be our, our thought um, as well. Um, Josiah, at this point, now sees sin the way God sees sin. And this is, this is my prayer in my life as well, that I see my sin in the eyes of God and how it affects him. Um, and that's only through, through um, the word. Um, Josiah loved the word. You see that immediately, that he takes it and he reads it in public. He couldn't get enough of this book. He had to share it. Um, and he took the word seriously. Um, Proverbs 23, 23 says, Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Um, Bill McDonald says, We should be willing to pay a great price for truth, but unwilling to sell it for any consideration. Um, what's the great price that is paid? It's the time and the, the devotion that it takes to get into the Word and to spend time in it. And once we have it, to not sell it, to not get rid of it. Um, uh, it should cost us something to gain truth and wisdom. Um, uh, Josiah's heart was like that of Psalm uh, 119. And, and we all are very familiar with this, this long chapter of the Bible and how and the, the, you see the love that the psalm writer has for the Word of God. Um, in Psalms 19 and verses 9, it says... How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me uh, not wander from your commandments. 
Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And this is, this is what we see in Josiah's life. Um, he had a heart for the, for the law of the Lord, and he desired to, to walk in his, uh, to follow the Lord. Um, same, same chapter, verses 103, it says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Um, and this is the Bible. This is the word of God. It's sweeter than honey to our mouth. Um, Revelations 1.3 says, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. Um, we can read it, but we need to hear it. We need to understand it. And once we understand it, we need to keep it. And that's, and that's what we have in the life of Josiah. Um, he sends, in verse 22, he sends um, uh, the, uh, the priest and the scribe to Hilda the prophetess to inquire about what was read in the book. Um, he wants to know what the Lord is going to do um, because he saw the judgments. He saw that if he didn't um, follow the Lord or if the kingdom didn't follow the Lord, what the result would be. And he's, he's, um, he wants to know what the Lord is uh, uh, going to do. And we have that in verse uh, 24 through 25, um, and she, she doesn't give him good news. Uh, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring calamity on this place and on its inhabitants, and all the curses that are written in this book, which they have read before the king, because they have forsaken me. Um, this was a pending judgment that was uh, prophesied by Hulda the prophetess. We are living in the same day. There is a pending judgment coming upon this earth, and this is this is the, we are living as Josiah is living, and he knows it. He knows that there's there's judgment coming, and we know that there is judgment coming. Um, the Lord is coming back to take us home, and after that, the judgment will be poured, and God's wrath and judgment will be poured out onto this earth. This is the same time that we are living. Um, Josiah, just like us, gets some great news at the end, verses 26. It says, but as for the king of Judah, who sent you to me to inquire of the Lord in this manner, you shall speak to him. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel concerning the words which you have heard. Verse 27, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and against its inhabitants and you were humbled before, um, before me and you tore your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you. Um, and, and he is going to be, he's given a promise that he's going to be gathered to his fathers, um, and, and he will not see the calamity that is coming uh, upon um, Jerusalem. Just like us, we too, those of us that have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, um, we too have a hope that we will not see this judgment. We won't experience this judgment, and um, that's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Um, it's a very bad judgment that it's coming. Um, what's Josiah's reaction to this news? Um, the fact that his, his kingdom is going to be destroyed, but the fact that he's going to be plucked and saved from this judgment. What's his reaction? Well, a selfish one would be, well, I'm saved and going to heaven. I mean, too bad for the rest of you guys, but I've got my fire insurance. Everything's going to be okay. I mean, it, I, I would hate to be in your shoes, but I'm going to heaven, and I'm just going to sit on my hands and not worry about you. Um, very selfish. Very selfish. His reaction, we read in verse 29, uh, verses 29 through 33, he calls everyone. In verse, in, verse, uh, in verse 30, 
it says, Then the king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the Levites, and all the people, both great and small. He called everybody and said, I've got to tell you something. There's this, there's this good news that I heard about this God, and I've got to tell you. I've got to read it, this book that I found. I've got to let you know about it. Um, he calls everyone great and small, and he reads the book in verse 30. Um, and it says, he read the book in the hearing of the words of the covenant which had been found in the house of the Lord. He gives them the gospel. He gives them the hope. Um, we know that in, in, in uh, 1 Chronicles, um, I believe it's 2 Chronicles chapter 7, um, there's a promise given by God. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 uh, verse 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and heal their land. This is the good news that Josiah was going to bring to these people, that you need to humble yourself, you need to repent of your sin, because judgment is coming. And he, and he shared this with everybody. Um, in verse uh, 31, uh, back to chapter 34, verse 31, um, and this is, this is something that stood out to me just yesterday as I read this again. It said, Then the king stood in his place. He stood in his place and read the book. Um, we know that this place is more than likely the place where, um, in, in chapter 6, where Solomon, he built a platform, and this is where he prayed and dedicated uh, the temple. But this place was the king's place. And it, it just spoke to me, is, what's my place? And what, what stand am I taking? Am I standing in my place where the Lord has put me? Um, each one of us has a circle of friends and family members that only we have access to. You know, I can't witness to your friends because I don't know them. You can't witness to my friends and my coworkers because you don't know them. But I know them. I have a place. And Josiah stands in his place and, and gives the good news, the gospel, and reads the book to his people and to his, his group. Um, we are to call to stand in our places. Um, verses, verse uh, 32, he led others to God. It says, and he made all who were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin take a stand. Okay, because of his, his conviction, because of his boldness, because of his leadership, he led this revival and everybody else followed. Um, in verse 33, it says, all his days at the end, um, they did not depart from following the Lord God of their fathers. Um, he was a living testimony to his people. He was, and, and this is something that I've, we've talked about at conferences. Why is it when we go to a conference, we come down and we're on cloud nine? We have this mountaintop experience at a Yosemite or a Rise Up conference, and then when we come back down, it just feels like we're back into the smog and, and we're back. And, and usually that, that high will last a week or a month or so, and then it dies out. Why is that? It's, it's a lack of consistency. It's because going into that conference, we weren't where we should have been going into it. And, and what, what the people of this world need are consistent, faithful Christians. Faithful, consistent, not, not wavering, not hypocrites. That's the biggest word that gets thrown around about Christianity is hypocrites. We go up and we go down. Um, we live like the world one day. We live like, you know, um, we're churchgoers the next. And, and, and what, the, what, the word, what the world needs is consistent followers of Jesus Christ. And this is what we have here in the life of Josiah. He consistently followed God. 
um, and instead of being content and complacent about his own salvation, he was concerned with the salvation of those that were around him. He was concerned about the lost kingdom um, that was going to be, take place, or it was going to be judged by God. Prior to finding the book, we have Reformation. Okay? Um, Josiah was trying to, to reform the kingdom. He was trying to tear down these images and these, these idols that were around. And, and Reformation is a good thing when it's done in the right way. Reformation is good. Um, it's a change on the outside, changing everything on the outside. After he found the book, revival took place. And that's the change that takes place on the inside. And this is, this is what's better. Uh, Reformation is good, but revival is better. Um, and no revival ever uh, has ever taken place without two things. Two things are needed for revival. A rediscovery of the Word of God and prayer. Those are the two things. Getting back to what the Word of God says and praying. And these are, these are what, what is needed for revival. If we want to see revival in this assembly, we need to pray and we need to be in the Word daily, not just weekly. Um, after revival, uh, worship is restored. Um, Josiah uh, orders that the Passover be held again. Um, and the Passover was remembered in verse 31. Um, once they, uh, in chapter 35, verse, verse 1, um, once we, um, we rid ourselves of idols and sin in our life, our appreciation for the Lord grows. Um, if you look back to Hezekiah, once they, once they destroyed all the idols, or once they, once they remembered the Lord and they, 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 they held the Passover, on their way back home, their eyes were open to all the other idols that were in their lives. And, and that's what happens with The closer we, glow, we grow to the Lord, the more he reveals about the sin in our lives and the more our eyes are open to the sin in our lives. Um, and, and, and in verse uh, 18 of chapter 35, it says, Therefore, um, there had been no Passover kept in Israel like that since the days of Samuel the prophet, and none of the kings of Israel had kept such a Passover as Josiah kept. It was one of the best Passovers ever kept in the history. Not the best. The best is, is uh, um, arguably the one that the Lord Jesus remembered. But it was one of the best Passovers ever remembered. And no king came close to remembering uh, the Passover like Josiah did. Um, in Second uh, Kings chapter 23 and verse 25, it says, Now before him there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, nor after him did any arise like him. This was the testimony that Josiah had. Even though he was a young boy, even though he, took the, the, he, took, uh, he became king at the age of eight and died at the age of 39, in those short years, he lived a tremendous life and had a tremendous testimony in his kingdom. Um, we, are, we are called to have this same testimony. In, in Matthew's, uh, Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37, it says, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Um, some of us in this room have very great minds. Um, very intelligent people go to this chapel. Um, what are we doing with these minds? What are we filling our minds with? Um, are they the foolish things that are going to perish uh, in this world? Or are they things of the Lord? Um, again, uh, and I've said this before, and it's, it's, it's resonated in my heart too, there are two things that are going to last for eternity. It's God's word and God's people. And these are the things we need to be um, concerned with. 
Um, if we would give our heart and soul and mind to God, he, he could use us in ways that we couldn't begin to imagine. Um, in, in closing, I want to read a quote. This is uh, D.L. Moody, and, um, it's, or it's arguably um, by Henry Varley, a British re revivalist, but um, it's a very famous quote, and it's something that really speaks to me, and it says, the world has yet to see what God can do with and for and through and in and by the man who is fully and wholly consecrated to him. I will try my utmost to be that man. May, the, may we model our lives after this. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you once again for your word. Father, we thank you for this example we have in King Josiah and how he lived a life that was pleasing to you. Father, how he tore down the idols in his life, the high places that were in the kingdom that distracted him from serving you. And Father, how he found the book of the law and how he read it and how he kept it. Father, may we be these, the same um, as King Josiah. Father, may we follow in his footsteps. May we be men and women of the book. Father, may we rediscover the word of God. And Father, may we pray Pray for revival in this assembly and in the church today, Lord. We pray that we would be willing to change. Father, that as you um, show us the sin in our lives, Father, that you would mold us more into the image of your Son. And Father, that we would be used in mighty ways. Um, we pray this in your Son's worthy and precious name. Amen.